so much. I'm Pastor Berto. We'll be here until the altar time for some time of prayer and worship. Amen. God bless. Awesome. It's so good to see you guys here. It's so good to be in fellowship with the MPI people. Uh, before we start worship, I just want to testify of the Lord's goodness. Um, truly, God is in pursuit of people. I was working and I um, just had a conversation with this guy about, you know, about God. He said he had a lot of questions, but his questions were never answered. You know, he said he, went, he used to go to a Catholic uh, school. Same as me. Now, me, I went to a Catholic school and Catholic church, sort of, but I never really grasped the spirit of God. I never really fell in love with God. Um, so I became an atheist after some time. I didn't believe in God, and I would profess atheism. I was like, I, I don't believe in God. That's what I used to say. I don't believe in God. God is not real. I, I honestly believe that all life came from a little rock that some slime was on. I'm so serious. And what I realized as, as I was talking to this guy at work was that I was misinformed, so he's probably misinformed about who God is and what God has for people's lives. So he didn't know who God was. But I had the opportunity to share that Jesus is God. Jesus came to die for your sins, and he said he heard that before, but he never grasped it. So in the car, he grasped it while I was at work. He grasped it, and he said he wanted to be saved, as I told him that he could be saved, that he could be on his way to heaven. And he said, yes, I want to go. And his questions were answered, not all of them, because he had tons of questions, but just enough questions so that he can understand that Jesus loves him, and Jesus is knocking at the door of his heart, and he said yes to Jesus that night. Same way, same way I, I said yes to Jesus the moment I got saved. And Jesus is, is in pursuit of people. I want to read this verse to better explain my life and the, and the life of the guy at my job. It's 1 Peter 2.25. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Four years ago, I think it's this month, well, September, four years ago, I came to know the good shepherd and the overseer of my soul. As I was, before this point, I was going astray. I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know who God really was. I was, I was an atheist. And now this man at my job, in my car, he now met the, the shepherd and the overseer of his souls. And that's enough to give God glory and praise. Praise God. I'm going to pray for the service. Hallelujah, God. As our mouths utter your praises, God, we say hallelujah because you are mighty to save, God, that your arm is now too short to extend to anyone. Your grace is for everyone, the rich and the poor, God, the saints and the sinner, God. You can save all, God. And I pray that your spirit would be here in this service, God, that we invite you to do as you will, God. Do as you please in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, an attitude of worship. Would you just lift your hands with me right now as the band plays? When his music plays softly, come on, within our hearts, within our heart of hearts right now in our spirit, let's just confess the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord, as King, ruler of this place. At the end of this time of worship, God, God, may you receive all the praise and adoration. Come on, let it swell from your hearts. Come on. You receive the Lord. Come on, let it out from your mouth this morning. We're going to get ready to sing in just a little bit, but... Just this part right now, pressing in. Come on, with all eyes closed. Just this little part helps. Oh, Lord, we worship you. You receive it all. You receive it all. Oh, Lord. 
people, say it from your mouth. Worthy of our praise. Worthy of only you, Lord, only you, Lord. Receive our worship. first song that we're going to sing is called Alive. And that's what Jesus does in our heart. Amen. If anybody in this place is alive, come on, get ready to worship with us.
give him praise in this place. We worship you, Jesus. You made us alive. Come on, we're dead to sin and alive in you, God. There's a hope, there's a promise that's found in Jesus Christ. Come on. And if he's given you that hope, if he's given you that promise, come on and give a shout of praise in this place. Hallelujah.
chase after us. You chase after me, Lord. Even when we turn astray, you've left the 99 to go after the one. Come on, if you're in this place, there's a parable in the Bible that says that a shepherd left 99 sheep to go after the one. There's someone in this place that God is chasing after you right now. He's tugging at your heart as we sing in these songs. He's knocking at your heart. He says, will you let me in? Come on, will you let me in? You played around long too much. Will you let me in? Come on, with all hands lifted up in this place as a sign of surrender. He doesn't relent. His love is relentless. When you've had a bad day, he doesn't stop loving you. It's not based on performance. When you look at the cross, you see a man, Jesus. There's nothing you could have done to earn it, to gain it. Because of his great love. Put all across this place with hands raised. We just receive that love. Come on, we break every lie of the devil saying you're not worthy. You'll never earn it. You've tried Christianity, you've gone back and forth, you've never made up your mind. Come on, we release those lies right now. We break them in Jesus' name. Lord, let your love fill this place like a flood. God, like a flood, God, what no one can resist. Receive in this place. we see it we hear it in radio these love songs professions of love why can't we do this here in the church it's not weird he's a God he's a mighty God he's a spirit so right now what we do is trying to concentrate and to focus on what God is saying there is a God in heaven right now whose desire for us to know him on a deeper level and I believe that in the congregation this worship we can do that so church with all eyes closed just to help us get there to get rid of all the distractions let's press a little deeper right now come on as the band plays let's sing our own love song to the Lord this morning
going to be filled with the Spirit right now. Just begin to speak in other tongues. is pressing on your heart this morning to speak something out for our encouragement, for our benefit. Come on and do so at this time. child. You may have done it maybe just because you felt it was the right thing to do, but God is saying right now, come seek me. Come on, we have time for one more.
exalt your name this morning, oh God. We sing hallelujah, hallelujah. The Lamb has overcome. You have overcome death, sin, and the grave. You are the great conqueror, Jesus. Woo! I want us to think about our nation this morning as a church, as, our, as this congregation. I want us to put our attention on the nation of America. We have come so far. We have come so far from where our forefathers came and grounded this nation upon. And we see the wickedness and we see the violence in our news stations every single day. And we need to pray for America. We need to pray for Oregon in the morning that is happening there. But I want to get your attention this morning. The reason why we worship Jesus and exalt him over our nation is because he's the only answer for our pain. He is the answer for the world today. And as a church in America, standing in the city of Chicago, we must exalt his name. We must let the world know that he is the only answer. Because Oregon, Columbine, Newtown, that's what it looks like when God is out of the picture, my friends. That is exactly what the world will look like when God is completely removed from our laws, from our commandments. If we do not stand in the principles of scripture, it is mass chaos. But God sent Jesus, his son, and he took our place. And we sing because he is worthy. We sing because he is the only way. We sing because we want him exalted over our church, over our city, over our lives, over our neighborhood. And as the band begins to sing, the ground began to shake. Woo! Let's think about the resurrection and what Jesus came to do to bring life, to snatch souls out of the fires of hell with your eyes closed and arms lifted high all across this place. Let's exalt him in our city. Jesus! Hallelujah. Come on, the Lamb has overcome one more time. 
of kings and Lord of lords. You are worthy of our praise. You are worthy of our adoration. You are worthy of a nation submitting to you. You are worthy, King of the universe, creator of heaven and earth. And we give you praise this morning. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise because he is worthy. Praise God. Woo, we worship you, Jesus. We thank you, God, for this awesome time in your presence. Have your way in the rest of our time in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Give your neighbor a hand clap, a high five. At this time, we're going to dismiss our king's kids. The children can go with their teachers in the back. Let's give the kids a hand clap as they get ready to go learn about Jesus. Come on, those are our children. You may be seated. Woo, God is good. At this time, I'm going to preach the gospel to you this morning. For those that may not know who I am, my name is Nancy Wyrostek. I'm one of the apostolic elders here. And this is the first Sunday of the month. And so as I begin to preach the gospel, we're going to have our ushers prepare to pass out the elements for communion. The reason why we take communion on the first Sunday of every month is because this is an ordinance that we practice in the church. And we partake of this until Jesus comes back. And so we would like to do it today with you as a family. I'm going to be speaking from this verse, 2 Corinthians 5.15. This message is for you this morning. If you are not born again, you're not right with God. You're running. You know you should be living according to his ways, and you're not. You're living for yourself. This message is for you. 2 Corinthians 5.15 says, And he died for all, talking about Jesus, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them, and was raised again. Because we believe that Jesus is the only way, the truth, and the life. We believe that Jesus came to die on the cross for the sins of all mankind. And he was the only one that could pay our ransom. He had to pay the price that God the Father desired to bring humankind back into a relationship with him because our relationship with, with God was broken in the Garden of Eden because of Adam and Eve's disobedience. And we have all disobeyed. We have all sinned. And we all fall short of God's glory. And it's only by the blood of Jesus that covers us, washes us clean, and makes us new that we can come before the Father. And it says here, because he died for all, that we shouldn't live for ourselves anymore. But we're supposed to live for the one that died for us and was rose from the dead. He is alive. Jesus is alive and he is worthy of our life lived for him. Not for our own selfishness, but according to what the Bible teaches. His way, his commands. And I want to read this to you because it says it so perfectly. This is the life that God has called us out of. Slavery to sin and self has ended, while devotion to Christ and his church has begun. So if you want your slavery to sin, the bondage to yourself, your own ways to end, and for you to embrace Christ and to embrace his church, today is your day. With all eyes closed all across this room, you know God is wanting you to make it right. The Bible says that we're not promised tomorrow, that today is a day for salvation. Today, you got to make it right. And I want you to pray to Jesus by yourself and say, God, I want to get it together because I'm going to pray in just a moment. Every single believer and Christian in this room, I want you to start praying and interceding for the lost. 
Don't let this moment pass you by. God wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to set you free. He wants to make you new, and you can be born again today. God, I thank you for every single person in this room. I thank you, God, that your message is powerful, that the word of God has power. And I ask, oh, Lord, that you would convict hearts of sin that they would get it right today. They would choose you, Jesus. Choose to no longer live for themselves, to be free from the slavery to sin, and to live for Christ. In Jesus' name I pray, and everybody said, amen and amen. If you could please stand up with your, on your feet with me. We're going to prepare to take the communion together. During our fellowship time, we're going to have two prayer workers right here. Pastor Griselda and Pastor Berto, they will be ready to pray with you during the fellowship time. If you meant business today with God, I want you to go to them, ask them for prayer, and ask them how to get plugged into the church for discipleship. Amen? Again, the reason why we take communion is because it is a practice that we do until the Lord comes back. I want to read this verse to you about communion. We're going to pray for the grape juice and the wafer that represents his body. And Matthew 26 Verse 26 through 29, it says, While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Let's prepare to partake of the wafer. I'm going to pray and then we'll take it together. God, we thank you for this wafer that represents your body, Jesus, that was beaten and bruised, that was pierced on a cross, nailed to a cross for our sins, for our sorrows, for our sicknesses. We thank you. We remember your sacrifice for us, Jesus. Let's take this together. Lord, we lift up the grape juice. God, we thank you for your blood that washes us clean. There is nothing like the blood of Jesus that was shed for the forgiveness of all mankind. And all we have to do is accept it, is receive it. God, we thank you that you sent Jesus to die. And his blood was shed. And it is by his stripes we are healed. And we are set free. Let's partake of the grape juice together. Hallelujah. Let's sing out this chorus. The ushers will come and part discard of the remainder of the elements. Let's turn our hearts to worship one more time. We're worshiping our King. We're worshiping our Lord, our Savior. He paid it all on the cross. He paid the price that we couldn't pay. Come on. Jesus, we thank you. Jesus paid it all, all to Him I owe. We owe all our life to Sing You, O oh God. Sing, let us stand for You, wash us clean. We wash it by Your
you raised our life up from the dead. We thank you, God, that we find new life in you, that we are born again. The old has gone and the new has come. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise one more time. Come on. He is so good. God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. We're going to confess our confession of faith together on the count of three. The reason why we do this is because this is our Christian worldview. This is how we see the world around us. Let's recite it together. One, two, three. I believe in one God and creator who is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Father who so loved the world, the Son who purchased my salvation and his death, burial, and resurrection, and the Holy Spirit who makes me new and abides in me forever. I believe in the perfect Holy Bible that reveals God's purposes and plans for my life. I believe in the second coming of Jesus who will judge the living and the dead. I believe in the eternal reward of believers in Jesus and the eternal punishment for all unbelievers in Jesus. I believe in the United Church built upon apostles and prophets, elders and deacons in which the gates of hell shall not prevail. I believe in the salvation for all mankind is by faith alone, in Christ alone, by God's grace alone, and for the glory of God alone. Amen. Come on. Spend some time fellowshipping. Meet somebody that you don't know.
ready to be at church this morning. Come on, make some noise. We're all excited about Jesus. Welcome to Metro Praise International. We're so excited that you joined us this morning for our service, especially if this is your first time here. We want to welcome you back to keep on coming back. Invite your friends and your family. Our services here at MPI are every Sunday at 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. And then we have Elevate. Fridays at 7 p.m. for ages 11 to 18 years old. Elevate is our youth group. If you have children in that age group or you know somebody in that age group, you've got to invite them to be here on Friday nights. They are rocking it out for Jesus. They're so on fire for God, and we are believing they're going to win their high schools for the Lord. How many of you guys know we need Jesus back in our schools, our college campuses, our grammar schools? Come on. Am I the only one who wants Jesus back in our schools? What's going to happen with the teenagers? Come on. we got to support them. Here's a fun event coming up for you guys. Join us for our All Nations Dinner. Come on, if you're excited to start cooking some yummies, it's going to be Sunday, November 15th at 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. So both of our services are going to be able to enjoy worship, the word, and our All Nations Dinner. This is an annual thing we've been doing for a very long time. So come ready to represent your culture, your nation, and check out our Facebook event for this where you will be updated from now until then with uh, any updates that we would like to inform you about. Our vision here is very simple. It's loving God, loving people. Look to your neighbor, say love God. Look to your other neighbor, say love people. That's our vision. It's simple. It's the two greatest commandments that Jesus gave to us. And our discipleship strategy is threefold. It's connect, mentor, and send. Somebody say connect. The way that we connect you to Jesus and to the church here at Metro Praise is through our life groups. On the back of your handouts, I want you to wave your hand out in the air. Come on, wave it nice and be excited. This is our new quarterly schedule. you got to look at the details of this. Some dates may have changed, times. There's a new life group coming on there. Um, so we just want you to keep stay informed and updated about this. This is for the quarter of October, November, and December. And right now, we want to give you uh, a video promo of what's coming up, and you can meet all the leaders on this awesome video. Take a look. Hey, everyone. We would like to let you guys know about our MPI Life Group starting this new quarter. We're really excited about them, and we would love for you guys to connect. Life groups are a part of our connect phase. I know you've heard about connect, mentor, send. Well, connect is how we get closer to God and grow in our relationship with Him. And life groups are a perfect place to do that. It even says it in the name, life groups. You get life in the group. God said wherever two or more gather together in Jesus' name, He's there. I hope that you find one or many of these life groups that apply to your life and you get involved this quarter and watch what God will do. We're so excited to see what he's going to do in your life. Hey, we're Ricky and Rachel and we lead the Marriage Life Group. We're going to be meeting at our house every third Sunday of the month at 5 o'clock. We're going to be talking about marriage and finances. You're not going to want to miss this because we have a special speaker and a romantical Christmas in December. So bring the kids if you need child care and check us out. Hi everyone, this is Pastor Susie, and I'd like to invite all the parents to bring their children to the church Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. We have Christian Boys and Girls Clubs, which are Royal Rangers and Impact, and it's for children who are newborn up to fifth grade. Hi, I'm Pastor Berto, along with my wife here, Priscilla, and we would love to invite you to our adult Bible study. It takes place every Friday at 7 p.m. 
come join us. We have a time of worship, word, and fellowship. We would love to have you there, and we also have child care provided. Hi, we're Stephen and Carmen Ramos, and we host Righteously Redeemed every first and third Wednesday, ages 11 to 18, at our home. 6 p.m., come over for fellowship and some food. 6.30, receive a word. By 7.30, we're fellowshipping again and having a good time for Jesus Christ. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Lawrence. This is Stephanie. We're the leaders of the Resistance Life Group. We meet up every first and third Tuesday at 6 p.m. right here at the church. We want to invite youth ages 11 and 18 come to know and love Christ and love God, love people. Hey, it's Jared here. I want to invite you out to the Evangelism Life Group. We meet here at the church every Saturday at 5 p.m. This is a great time to learn how to share your faith with boldness and clarity with some real hands-on experience. Come see us. This is Steven Ramos, and I uh, lead the gang ministry on Thursdays at 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. We go out, hit the streets, looking for gang members, man, to save for Jesus. Hey guys, I'm Elliot. This is Cynthia. We're leading the Singles Life Group, which meets the first Sunday of every month at 4 p.m. here at the church. Check us out on Facebook. Come hang out with us while we have Thanksgiving dinners, we have a corn maze coming up, and some ice skating. Hope to see you there. Hi, my name is Pastor Lauren. This is Cynthia Roldan, and we are the leaders of the Single Moms Life Group. We meet every other Sunday at 5 p.m. Child care is always provided, and check us out on Facebook. We get into the Word, we fellowship, come be a part of what God is doing in our life group. Hey everyone, this is Rudy and Nicole. We lead the Ambassadors Youth Life Group that meets every first and third Saturday of the month at 3 p.m. at MPI Church. Yeah, so if you're between the ages of 11 and 18, we would like you to join us, especially during our series right now, Learning Who You Are in Christ. Be there. Hey, it's Pastor Jared and Susie Walker. We want to invite you to our house every Friday at 7 p.m. for a Bible study. We pray, get in the Word, have a lot of fun, and usually there's some good food to eat there as well. Just saying... Uh, come see us. Can we to see you there? Come on, give it up. Let's do something special for all of our elders and deacons, life group leaders. If you could just stand up and let's give them a standing ovation for their hospitality, their leadership, their love. We thank you, thank you, thank you to all of the leaders that opened up your home. You guys are awesome. So we want you to connect. Look to your neighbors, say, get connected this quarter. So let's go through this really quick. I want you to understand how we have them divided. Our ministry-based life groups, most of those are all weekly. King's Kids every Wednesday, the gang outreach every Thursday, two adult Bible studies every Friday, the evangelism is every Saturday. Now our special needs-based have a different schedule. Some are every other week, some are once a month. Singles, single moms, marriage group, the resistance youth life group, righteously redeemed youth life group, and the ambassadors life group. Elevate has three life groups. They're blowing it up. So get connected, okay? Then we want to mentor you. We have leaders ready. Oh, before I move on, this is a snapshot of this week. This week's life group. Let's go. Come on. We're kicking it off today with our single men and women. They're meeting today at the church at 4 p.m., ages 18 to 35. Tuesday, the Resistance Elevate Life Group, 11 to 18 years old, 6 p.m. meeting at the church. Wednesday, Righteously Redeemed Elevate Life Group, 11 to 18 years old, 6 p.m., meeting at that address. Wednesday, King's Kids, infant to 11 years old, every Wednesday here at 6.30. Drop them off. Pick them up. Thursday, we have our gang outreach. Come on, 18 years and up, you can join them. 7 p.m., meet at that address. It's a powerful time on the streets there. Then Friday, every week, we have two adult Bible studies for you. One at the Govea's house. The other one is at the Walker's house. 18 years and up, 7 p.m., child care is included. And then Saturday, our evangelism. 
team meets here at 5 p.m. at the church. All ages are welcome. Go on the streets and share your faith about Jesus. Come on. Then we want to mentor you. Say mentor. We have leaders ready to take you through our 101 book called Welcome to Your New Life. We want to join you on this journey of living for Jesus. When you graduate the 101, then you get into the 201 class, Disciples That Make Disciples, where your discipleship journey continues, and we train you how to be a leader. Then we want to send you out to keep winning more souls. And our goal here at MPI is to have 100,000 disciples in Chicago with 50 churches and 500 around the world. If you want to be a part of that, say amen. Say, I'm with it. Come on. All right. Let's turn our attention to the lesson in the Disciples Giving Book, all about tithes and offerings. We are on section three about stewardship. Today is lesson 12, Stewards Should Be Debt-Free. You can follow along on the screen or you could go to givingbook.org. It'll take you right there. The definition of stewardship is the wise management of everything God has entrusted us with. And let's read in Romans 13, 8. Romans 13, 8, let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For, for whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. How many of you guys believe if more of us did that in America that we wouldn't see what we see on the news? The debt of love. There is a debt of, that's remaining outstanding to love one another. Let's read three main points from that and how it applies to our life and finances as well. Number one. No debt remain outstanding, though there are times when Christians may get loans for cars, houses, and their businesses, which is good debt. They should always pay the debt on time and set the goal to pay it off completely. That's just a lesson of responsibility. Number two, no debt. Ideally, the Christian should pay off all their credit card debt monthly and live interest-free because their income and savings provides for everything they need. Otherwise, they may become a slave to the lender, which is considered bad debt. And it's explained in Proverbs 22.7. We don't want to become slaves to men on this earth because of the financial bind that we find ourselves in. Let's be financially free. Amen? Number three, always pay the debt of love. Instead of just focusing on paying back debt every month, stewards should aim to be debt-free and able to focus on paying the debt of love to their fellow man. Imagine how much charitable work God's people could do just off the interest, they would save living debt-free. Here's a summary. Avoid bad debt and pay off good debt in a responsible way. How many of you guys want to be responsible with what God has given to us? Let's apply this to our life in three ways. Number one, be faithful in giving your tithes, 10% of your total income and offerings, anything you give after the tithes. And number two, be wise in how you acquire debt for things, such as your house, car, businesses, teenagers with the credit cards that kind of want to get you, use wisdom. And number three, avoid bad debt in the form of high interest credit cards so you can live a generous life of love. How many of you guys want to do that? Come on. Let's confess this over our life together on the count of three. One, two, three. God has called us to be managers that are committed to stewarding whatever gifts we have received from him. We are to be wise, fruitful, faithful, trustworthy, multiplying, and shrewd stewards, living debt-free and generous lives, providing an inheritance for our children and grandchildren. If you want to do that, stand up to your feet with me this morning, please, as we prepare to give the Lord our very best, our tithes and our offerings. Again, MPI believes that a tithe is a 10% of your total income. That's given regularly to the church. Let's be faithful with that. You guys are such a generous uh, people. We just are so grateful for the church that God is building here in the city and that we could partner together. 
And then offering is anything you give above the tithe, which we designate towards mi missions throughout the year, towards different missions projects, and as well as our building fund. We're raising the monies. We're so close for our Lit Up Metro Praise International Church sign to go over the building. In September, we raised $912 for a grand total thus far of 7,292. Give yourselves a hand clap, come on. We are doing it, guys. There is 20, there's $2,208 left. We believe we're gonna knock it out by the end of the year, maybe before. Let's stay faithful to the Lord. Let's keep giving and allow God to use our generosity to, to win this city for Jesus, come on. We also have two other convenient ways for you to give or purchase items in the church using your credit or debit cards. One is online at the easy-to-use website, and the other is in the back with either me or Pastor Griselda. If you have any questions about that, please see us after service. Let's recite this together. Luke 6, 38. Jesus said, give, and it will be given to you. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much that you care for us, every detail of our life. I pray that you bless the gift and the giver today. I pray that you would bless us abundantly, meet our needs according to your glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And as we stay faithful to the tithe, as we remain generous with our offering, God, we know that you're going to use it to see your kingdom come to this earth. Use us, God, to win Chicago and the nations, that the message of the gospel would be preached to the ends of the earth. God, I pray that you would use us to win Chicago. Bless us on our jobs, bring increase and raises and promotions. We ask for your blessing, your favor, and your prosperity in our lives as we remain faithful to you in this. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen and amen. Please come forward as you give this morning, and thank you so much for your generosity. Come on, how many love Jesus? Can I get a woo-woo? Yeah, yeah, look at your neighbor and say, let's get it on. Amen. How many of you are enjoying the cold weather, putting on your hoodie? Anybody having some fun? How many are missing the sun right about now and you're already counting down the days to spring? Some spring birds in the house. You know what? I can get along with every season as long as I got fun people to hang out with. So you know what I'm doing in the fall right now? Setting stuff on fire in the backyard. Got a nice fire pit. I don't even need to recycle anymore. I'm like, I'm like, man, I'm recycling in my backyard right now. I got all these like little Caesar pizza boxes. I'm like storing them up, setting them on fire. You remember we had about an eight-foot flame the other day. I had a I had a box that came with a, a bookshelf. I set that whole thing on fire. How many like setting up fires, mar roasting marshmallows, hay rides, corn mazes? Aren't you, are you guys doing the corn maze today? 
Come on, come on, tell about what you're going to do. Corn maze, corn maze, corn. No, they don't want to do it with me. Come on, corn maze, corn. Well, you, you're going to do it, corn maze. Yeah. <laughs> so today our singles life group is going to be meeting at the church at 4 o'clock. So who's single out here? Make some noise. Come on, I know you guys can be louder than that. Who's single? Make some noise. Oh, wow. We, see, this is why we made a life group so we can help brothers and sisters like that out. You know, they need help. So meet here, we're going to go to the largest corn maze in America. Did you know that the largest corn maze in America was in Illinois? Well, it is. So come. It's up in Spring Grove, Illinois, right by my house, actually, conveniently by my house. So, so come on out, 4 o'clock, 15 bucks. It's a, it's a steal. Amen. All right. I don't want some of those singles getting lost up in there, you know what I'm saying? Singles ready to mingle. We got lost-ish. Y'all wouldn't do that. Singles, y'all wouldn't do that. We don't got any crazy singles like that, do we? Let's open up our Bibles to the book of Matthew. We are in a sermon series called The Kingdom of God. We are learning all about what God's kingdom is about. The kingdom of God is coming to earth through the Holy Spirit because of Jesus Christ and the cross. Jesus did not just die on the cross so we could go to heaven up there someday. Jesus died on the cross so that heaven could come to earth. When man sinned in the Garden of Eden, hell came to earth. We now have hell on earth. The devil told Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, when you eat of this fruit, you're not going to die. You're not going to have any problems. You're going to become like God. Now let me ask you a question. As you look at 6,000 years of human history, that's right, 6,000. I don't believe in billions, and I don't believe you came from the goo through the zoo to you. You didn't start off as a little single-cell amoeba, and then you went through all the zoo animals and then came to you. Are you with me? I don't believe that. 6,000 years of human history, as we look at the 6,000 years of human history, do we see heaven on earth or hell on earth? Heaven or hell on earth? What do you see? Hell. So how has man done at being God? How has man done at being God? See, the devil said, you won't die. You'll become like God. But that's a lie. We began to die, and now being God, we don't do a good job at it. Racism, classism, socialism, Islam, all these false religions, the death of freedom in all these countries that we're seeing right now, the death of innocence, abortion. This is all because people have chosen their own way. Now listen, 2,000 years ago when Jesus came to this earth, he didn't come just as a little dito and a baby in a manger just to stay that way. We could go, cookie, 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 there's little baby Jesus. So that one day little baby Jesus could come live in my heart. And so like Talladega Nights, I could be like, oh, Sweet baby Jesus, I just need you, Lord. Sweet baby Jesus, help me out today. Well, where did Jesus live? Jesus lived in my heart. No, listen to me. Little baby Jesus didn't come to just be little baby Jesus. He came to die on the cross for sins, to resurrect from the dead, defeat. Listen to this. Defeat these things that nobody could ever defeat. Pacquiao couldn't defeat. What's the guy that defeated him? What's his? Yeah, Mayweather. Listen, nobody could defeat these things. Death, hell, and the grave. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And as we're about ready to read this prayer right here, you know, I want you to understand Matthew 6, 9. Turn there quickly as we get into the kingdom of God. It's about the kingdom of heaven coming to earth. Because Jesus died on the cross, I don't got to have hell on earth anymore. I can live a new life. I don't have to be a part of the isms of this world, the socialisms, the racisms, the depression, the anxiety, the fear, the, the addiction to sin. Some people don't even know they're addicted to sin. 
They think this is part of their personality. You know what? I was addicted to my anger. Can anybody be honest up in this place and say you used to be like that, addicted to anger? You didn't even know that was wrong until God showed you that was wrong. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You're already cussing out people uh, today, maybe on the way to hear church in traffic. You didn't feel nothing wrong with that. That's because you're addicted to your sin. Men addicted to pornography, addicted to sexual perversion. Jesus came to set us free from sin, death, hell, and the grave. So let's read the Our Father together and mean it today. None of this phony baloney religion up in here. Amen. Y'all ready for the kingdom of God? Somebody say, I'm ready for this. Let's read it together. One, two, three. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. What is an awesome definition of the kingdom of God? What we're talking about here today, what we've been talking about since September, now starting the new month, all the messages are online, mpichurch.org. These notes are online on our Facebook page, online. Anywhere you can get a hold of us, you'll see our materials. Why? Because we want the world to know there is a king, and he wants you in his kingdom. Amen? This ain't a Disney fairy tale. This is the real deal. This is the real deal, but I know we get excited about Cinderella. My wife just bought it for the kids, the new one. The, you know, uh, oh, I wish I could sing that little song, which they sing a little song, da-dee-da, at the end. It's a little melody. Where's my wife? Nancy, come forward. Whenever she gets up here, I'm going to have her sing this song. But listen to me. This is better. Than, everybody look here. This is better than Cinderella. Better. This is better. This is the real king of kings and the Lord of lords who's created the entire universe. Come on up here, Booster Boo. What's that song the kids like? And I know some of the parents are going to remember it. What's that little melody? Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. Just sing that little part for me. I don't know how to sing it. I wish you could try. Lavender's blue, dilly dilly, lavender's green. When I am king, dilly dilly, you shall be queen. Yeah. Mm, I love her. Love that. She's so awesome. But listen, dilly dilly, this, that, that's make-believe. Are you listening to me? I'm not dressing up in some dress getting whisked around, but I am a part of the bride of Christ, the Bible says. I am getting married again, and this time to a man, and his name is Jesus. But it's not a sexual union. It's a union of covenant. That's what the Bible says. Marriage, man and woman, is a reflection of God and the church, and the church is called the bride of Christ. Are you with me? We are hooking up with God forever. The whole kingdom is coming down to this earth. It's invading. It's coming. But right now we get a little taste of it. We get a taste in our hearts. You're a spiritual being living in a body. You're not a body with a spirit. You're a spirit living in a body. It's like when you get into your car. You're not the car, but you use the car. You step out of the car. You are a spirit living in this body. This body will die. You will step out of it into eternity. But you forever will be in God's presence as a part of his kingdom if you love him. Here's the definition of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God that Jesus said we ought to pray to come on earth and come on earth as it is in heaven. This is what we're talking about. The kingdom of God is the Father's dominion over all creation, ruled by his Son and our King, Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit. Father's dominion over all creation, the Son and King, Jesus Christ, through the Holy Spirit. 
Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The Father is there. The Son is sitting next to him right now. That's what it's like right now. And the Holy Spirit is upon this earth like the air we breathe. It is everywhere. But he is asking for permission to permeate your heart. And if you want to be born again, the Spirit will give you a second birth. Remember Adam and Eve, they died. What died that day? Their body just fall over. Their spirit died that day in the book of Genesis, didn't it? So what needs to get born again? When Jesus said in John 3, 3, I tell you the truth, unless you're born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. So if we have to be born again to see this kingdom right now, what gets born again, our flesh or our spirit? Look at your neighbor and say, you need a spiritual rebirth, baby, a spiritual rebirth. Now watch this. Today's message on the kingdom of God is focused on the power of God. I want you to listen to me, please. If you are a visitor, I want you to understand something today. We are going to freak you out. And if you have been a part of this church, you like to be freaked out, man. So get ready. Get ready. I'm talking about the real deal today, the power of God. If, if God, if God exists, then everything is possible in the kingdom. If God exists, then the Son of God walking on water is not even a big deal. Because God created H2O. And if he wants the, the word C-O-M-E, because he called out to Peter, come to me, C-O-M-E. If, if God created H2O, C-O-M-E can walk on H2O. If, if, if God created the world, then the dead can rise. If God created the world, then there is power in your hour of need. If God, then everything is possible. If there is no God, then this is all we live for. And the Bible says, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you'll die. You're nothing but a vapor. You're like a little flower of the field here today, gone tomorrow. You are meaningless in this life if you don't have God. Listen to me. Are you, are you tracking with that? That's the real deal. All your gold, all of the money, all your education, if you're not in the kingdom of God, it's all meaningless. It all disappears. You, get, you don't get to take a U-Haul with you to heaven. But if God is true, then everything is possible in his kingdom, and he will work it for his good. So we're going to talk today about the power of God. So turn turn to two scriptures, please. Turn to Mark chapter 9, verse 1, and then mark your uh, Bible for Acts 1, 4. So Mark chapter 9, verse 1, and then Acts 1, verse 4. It's up on the screen as always, karaoke screen. Got to be having it going on. Salvador, I love your little cut right there. You're looking handsome. Salvador, would you just stand up? Let's give it up for Salvador and his little man hawk. There you go. Only at MPI. Only at MPI. Come on. I just love, I love the style here. I love the fashion here. I'm still stuck in 1995. There ain't nothing wrong with that. I see these guys wearing tight jeans now, and then it looks like it's a sag, like the crotch comes down to here. You guys know what I'm talking about. If you ever, if you ever see me in a pair of pants like that, just come up. Boom. No, I'm, no, I'm kidding. Because that's what it looks like you want to do with the thing hanging down, down there so tight. Tight pants. Tight pants. They're in. I'm staying in 95, baby. I'm staying in 95. Here we go. Got some new glasses, though. That took me a while. It took me about five years. I updated. If you're with me in Mark chapter 9, verse 1, somebody say I'm there. Some of the dudes got that. Look at this, what Jesus said. Jesus is on earth talking about the kingdom of God. Look what he said to them. Truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see, somebody say see, 
Thank you. See that the kingdom of God has come with power. So imagine this. Jesus is walking on the earth, and all he's talking about is the kingdom of God. It's the number one subject of Jesus. He's talking about being born again to enter that kingdom of God. He's teaching us to pray for the kingdom of God to come in earth as it is in heaven. And where is the kingdom coming into earth? Is it coming into a tree? The kingdom of God's in a tree, man. Save the trees. Is that where the kingdom of God is coming? No, it's coming into our earth, the dust of our skin that was made from the ground that God created and breathed into us, that creation. That's what died. Now it comes back through Jesus. Are you with me? Kingdom of God in me, in you, in us. Two or three gathered together. Boom, shakalaka. There's power in the place. Are you listening? So now Jesus is talking to his disciples, and this is what he says. He says, y'all folk right here, some of you are not going to die until you see the kingdom of God come with power. You guys going to see it. Now turn with me to Acts chapter 1 verse 4. These are the final words of Jesus. He is now crucified, resurrected, and he is soon to ascend to heaven. The book of Acts is a short term for the Acts of the Apostles. This book shows you how the Apostles lived after Jesus ascended to heaven. God is the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Father sent the Son. Son died, buried, resurrected. Now he's about ready to leave and he's going to tell them, I'm sending the Holy Spirit now to be with you. Now track with this. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift. Somebody say the gift. The gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. When did Jesus talk about this gift that what father was going to give us? John chapter 14, 15, and 16. The gift of the Holy Spirit. Continue on. He said, you've heard me talk about it. Verse 5, for John, the bap John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with what? Watch. Baptized with water, baptized with Holy Spirit. Baptized with water, baptized with the Holy Spirit. Can I get you on the 808? I'm just feeling it right now. I'm feeling it. Give it up for Ish as he comes on to the 808. You're rapping pastor coming on the scene. It's crispy and clean. Y'all going to be the water side. Y'all going to be the Holy Spirit side. Are you guys ready? You ready for this? So I'm going to be like, baptize in the water. Y'all ready? Baptize in the, drop it like it hot. Uh. Come on, put him up. Come on. <laughs> I always get the craziest looks. Come on, just put it up a little bit. Put it up. I can only wonder what my Spanish translator is doing right now. <laughs> baptize in the then y'all, which are your, which which one are you gonna be? You guys, so you good? Now be Holy Ghost, cause it sounds cool, like Holy Ghost. Okay, baptize in the, whoa, whoa, we baptize in the Holy Ghost. What we baptize in the, well, we baptize in the, well, we baptize in that, and we baptize in that, well, we baptize in that, and we baptize in that. I got that fire ya ya burning down inside of me. Everybody know I got that Trinity. Light me up and smoke me up because I got the Holy Ghost and I'm gonna blow up. Baptized in that. Whoa, baptized in that. Well, we baptized in that. And we baptized. Now everybody, I say Jesus, y'all say Christ, say Jesus. Say you Jesus. 
Now when I say holy, everybody say go, say holy. Say it holy. Well, when I say heaven, everybody say yeah, say in heaven. Say in heaven. Well, when I say hell, everybody say no, say hell. Say in hell. Give it up for Jesus. Woo! And my man is. Woo! Welcome to the Rapping Church. But in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. See, you not only need to be baptized in water, you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Jesus is saying, don't leave Jerusalem. I'm going to ascend to heaven. But don't y'all leave until you get the promise of my Father. John the Baptist baptized you in water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now watch this. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? The Jewish people thought that the literal kingdom of God coming to earth meant that Jesus was going to be a military figure like King David, destroy the enemies of God, Rome, the Roman Empire, and all these bad people, and then make his kingdom on earth. That is true in a sense. That will happen, but that's the end time judgment for the whole world. There is a time between Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, and the end time judgment called the dispensation of grace where the gospels preach to the whole world. Now track with me. Why is this a good thing? Because if Jesus would have established the kingdom of God literally upon earth with the people that believed in him then, only would have been a few million people in the kingdom of God for all of eternity. By Jesus allowing 2,000 years of human history to go forward and allowing us to go and preach, the kingdom is now coming to men's hearts and it's in billions of people and that's what he's coming back for is more than just a few million. He's coming back for billions. Are you guys with that? So the disciples, they still don't really get, is the kingdom coming now or do I have to wait to see the kingdom? And this is what Jesus said. In verse 7, he said to them, somebody say, Jesus said, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his authority. So it's not for you to know when I'm coming back to rule as king and judge the world. That's not for you to know. But, everybody say, but. But you will receive what? Power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So you connect these scriptures together. It's so simple. Jesus came to earth bringing the kingdom of God with him. He died on the cross, rose again so that the kingdom of God could come within us. The uh, followers of that time were asking, hey, is Jesus going to set up the kingdom right now? And Jesus said, no, that's not for you to know. But what you do need to know is wait in Jerusalem for the Holy Spirit to come and baptize you. And you'll get power and you'll be my witness. And you're going to spread my message all over the world. And that's why today... 2,000 years later, Christianity is the fastest growing religion around the world. Jesus is the most popular name, the Bible, the most read book, and we are anticipating his coming. And those who have been here in weeks prior, you learned with us. The last sign we're waiting for, you go to Matthew chapter 24, you look at the signs, wars, famines, pestilence, earthquakes, false prophets, false Christ. The last sign we are waiting for is the gospel to be preached to all the world. It says, when the gospel of the kingdom has been preached to 
all the world, then the end will come. In our modern age right now, go to joshuaproject.org. You don't have to go there in the back, but just write it down, joshuaproject.org. It marks out there's close to 2 billion unreached people on the earth right now, mainly between the 1040 latitude, uh, latitude lines of our map. If you look at 10 latitude, 40 latitude, just put that up there, 1040 window, please. You will see mostly in that nation, that, in, in that, in that uh, latitude markings, you'll see all the nations that need still to be reached, pr practically 2 billion people. Asia's in there, China's in there, unreached parts of Mongolia and Russia is in there, the unreached people groups of the uh, Southeast Asian cultures of Indonesia and so forth, which kind of sticks out a little bit. So that's what we're waiting for. But now until then, we are to have the power of God. This is the 1040 window right here. Does everybody see that? This is where almost the 2 billion majority of people who have not heard the gospel are at. And this part right here is mostly Islamic right here. And this, this costs your life to preach the gospel. This is uh, Hindu with India and different parts around here. And then this is China where it's still illegal to be a Christian. And they're heavily persecuted along with South and North Korea. This is the most unreached people group right here. And then Russia and Mongolia and different parts up there. Everybody say, let's do it. So let's go back to this uh, sermon notes right here. Putting it together, if we look at the power of God, we will see it simply as this. The power of God is the Holy Spirit within the believer. Does everybody see that? He said to them in Mark chapter 9, Truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death until they see that the kingdom of God has come with power. At the book of Acts, right before he leaves, he says you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit, and in verse 8, you will receive what? power. Does everybody see the connection? Jesus said, you're going to see the kingdom of God come in power. And then before he goes, he says, now don't you leave until you get that power. Open up your Bibles. It's not going to be on a karaoke screen, but Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Let's see what happens when the gift of the Father came down to be with them. The gift of the Father coming down brought them power. Now, I'm going to be sharing some stories today. I'm going to be talking about the power of God, but I want you to see it first in the Bible so you don't think I'm making this up. How many already believe in the power of God? Amen. Amen. Okay. For those of you who don't, it's okay, but I want you to trust the Bible. Don't trust a man. Trust me. Don't trust corrupt men, people who corrupt the Bible, and don't trust liars who don't believe in the Bible. Just go to the Bible itself and let it speak for itself. So we're not talking about fake televangelists saying, you know, send me $100 and I'll give you a prayer cloth. And then you pray on that thing and you get $1,000 in your checking account. I'm not talking about listening to lies or the false people or those who disbelieve the Bible. Don't be distracted by either one of those ditches. By, by the deceivers and the charlatans or by the atheists and the agnostic. Don't let either one of those ditches be what you fall into. Truly believe what Jesus said. Acts chapter 2, gentlemen in the back, we're waiting for you. Thank you. I want you to see it. The Bible speaks to us clearly. Acts chapter 1, he says, you will receive power when that Holy Spirit comes on you. You were baptized in water, now you'll be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Gentlemen, I'll take it from here. Thank you. If you're in Acts chapter 2, somebody say, I'm there. Look what happens. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. They were waiting in Jerusalem like the Father had told them, or like Jesus had told them to do, to wait for the promised Holy Spirit. Suddenly a sound like that of, a blo of blowing of a violent wind came from where? Came from heaven. He prayed and taught us to pray, thy kingdom come in earth as it is in heaven. So where does the Holy Spirit come from? 
heaven. It comes from the Father through Jesus. Remember, Jesus said, I'm going away now. You wait here for the promise of the Father, the Holy Spirit. So suddenly this wind comes blowing in the room, came from heaven, filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the what? The Holy Spirit. And they began to do what? Speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This is what I was telling you all, you visitors. I'm going to freak you out right now. But you need to get freaked out. You need to get freaked out. You live in a supernatural world. And you need to understand this Bible. Now, once again, like I said, you may have seen some goofy people that have spoken tongues and been non-Christians or fake Christians or whatever kind of Christian. But I'm not talking about that. I'm saying, do you believe the Bible? If you believe that Bible that you hold in your hand or your grandma had on her kitchen table or, you know, countertop in the living room, this is what that Bible says. All these disciples got boom shakalaka by the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues. Now, we're going to talk about what tongues means. It's this glossolalia in the Greek simply means languages. They began to speak in other languages that they had not learned. This was an evidence to them that they had been filled with the power that Jesus said they would have. This power was not just to have televangelists. It wasn't just for preachers. This power was for every single disciple to be a witness for Jesus Christ and to preach the gospel everywhere they go. Do you guys see it? Come on, like two of you see it. This is what keeps us in church a long time, guys. Let me just tell you this right now. This is why we never get out to lunch early, okay? Y'all need to be talking back to me. We're going to be here for a while because I'm going to start all over again, okay? Everybody got this. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. That's what Jesus told us to pray, right? Now, if Jesus said it, that's true. So I'm not praying for a lollipop from Jesus and never getting a, a lollipop. If he said pray for a lollipop, I should be expecting a lollipop. Look at all the other things. Give us our daily bread. How many of y'all have been getting some daily bread? Okay. How many of you have been forgiven of sins? How many of you forgive people who sin against you? Okay. How many of you have learned not to go into temptation? God's been helping you not to do that. You don't slap people like you used to. Amen. And how many believe God gets all the kingdom, the power, the glory, and ever? That's all about him. Amen. Means right on, so be it. Right? Okay. We all got that. Now, how does the kingdom of God come? Well, let's go back down to here. Jesus said, that you will not taste death, guys, some of you here, because this might have been said at the beginning of his ministry. It might have been somebody 80 years old listening to him. So that person might have died and not made it. So he doesn't say all of you. He, does, he, does, he knows not all of them are going to make it to that day of Pentecost. He says, some of you here will see the kingdom of God. You will see it, see it, see it, see it when it comes with power. Everybody say power. Y'all get that, right? Okay, I'm going to give you another chance to say if you got it or not so we can move on. Amen? Okay, because I'm reviewing for all y'all who stay quiet the last time. Then right here before Jesus leaves, he says, now I'm going, but you don't leave Jerusalem. Talking to the disciples, 120 ended up staying and listening to him. So not very many out of all the thousands he fed and gave all those free and lotes to. When it came down to getting disciple to getting this, they didn't want it. But 120 stayed. And he says, Y'all were baptized with water, but in a few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit, right? So just think of that. I was baptized in water. Now the Holy Spirit's going to baptize my spirit. Something's going to happen in the inside of me that transforms me, okay? These guys were already Christians. They were already saved. They already confessed Jesus as Lord, but now something separate is going to happen. They started talking about the kingdom. He said, don't y'all worry about that. Ain't nobody got time for that right now. He said, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. For what purpose? Why are we getting the power? So we can be televangelists? 
Are we getting the power so that we can just sell our books as Christians? Or are we getting the power just so we can come to church and sing good songs? Why do we get the power? To be as what? Okay, now stop right here. If you do not want to be a witness for Jesus Christ, you don't get the power of Jesus Christ. Jesus' power is not about your paycheck, not about my education, not about my prosperity upon this earth. Though those things are true and they're in the kingdom because he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, Matthew 6, and all these things will be added to you. But remember, i got to seek first the kingdom. Boom, this. And i got to seek righteousness first, this. Then I get the blessings, amen. So if you're not about this, God's not about that. He's not about what you're about. Get in God's business and he'll be about your business. Are you listening to me? So he says, this is why you get power. This is it, disciples, because heaven and hell is a real place. And I don't want y'all going there. I don't want the world going there. So go tell the world, be a witness, testify. Yes, I can testify I met Jesus Christ November 5th, 1995 when I was on drugs. I am guilty as a Christian. I am guilty for loving God. I testify to my guilt as a Christian. In Oregon, sir, I'll be the first one to step up. I'm a Christian. Then the second one, the second thing to cock my gun and take him out and send him to meet my God. Amen? But listen, I'm not ashamed of being a Christian. How many are guilty of being a Christian? That's me. That's me. I'm guilty. I'm one of those people. Now listen, that's not one of the crazy ones. I'm talking about the real ones. I'm like Jesus, amen? Do you all get this? How many of you all understand this? It's not complicated, okay. Now, we need to understand then the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Baptized in and baptized in. Okay, so let's understand the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I got three points to give you. The first thing is we need to understand that it's after salvation, receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit is after you have been saved. Jesus said that you should be born again in the Spirit. That's what he said in John chapter 3. And then in Acts chapter 1 verse 4, he said you should be baptized in the Spirit. So I'm born first of the Spirit, then baptized in the Spirit. Some people who believe in tongues and the power of God and the things we're going to talk about today dress funny, women don't cut their hair, no makeup on, they look like they've been sucking on a lemon the whole time, and they try to tell you that you can't go to heaven unless you're speaking in tongues. That is not true. You are born again first by the Holy Spirit, baptized in water to symbolize your spiritual rebirth, and then baptized in the Holy Spirit as a second work of salvation. It's not for salvation. I have a whole sermon on that called Born and Baptized in the Spirit. Okay, the second thing that you have to understand is that baptizing the Holy Spirit is separate than being baptized in water. That's exactly what Jesus was saying. John the Baptist baptized with what, y'all? But he came to baptize with the Holy Spirit. So what is the difference? The baptism of water is a symbolic act of salvation. The idea is you come into the water dry. That is like being born a sinner. You make a testimony, a confession of your faith, and then you're dunked down into the water symbolizing a grave and that you are no longer going to be that person. You then come up from the, the dunking, now soaking wet, a new person. It is symbolic just as your communion was symbolic today. You did not literally eat the blood and body of Jesus Christ. That's what Roman Catholics teach, and they're wrong in my humble opinion. Amen? In my humble, correct opinion. You did not just eat Jesus' body and drink his blood. It is a symbol. He said, do this, talking about the Last Supper, do this in remembrance of me. The baptism of water is a symbol like 
communion of your salvation. It's an example. It is like a little skit you do for the world to show them what God has done in your heart. Everybody say a example. Come on, somebody say an example. Okay. Now, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a legitimate action that happens. It's not an example. It's not theoretical. It is an actual thing that happens. And those of us who have been baptized in the Holy Spirit understand this. Go in your Bibles and on the screen, please, to Acts chapter 2, verse 38. At the end of the time that we see in Acts, when they get filled with the Holy Spirit, begin speaking in other tongues, Peter starts to preach to the people and explain to them why the Holy Spirit has come and done this in their lives. Because what happened is the room got so much excitement, they ran out of the room and they went out into the streets and it was the time of a festival. And all of these people were watching them and looking at them as they were speaking in tongues, praising God, and they thought they were drunk. They literally thought they were drunk. They said, hey, are you guys drunk? And, and um, Peter said, no, we're not drunk. We're just getting boom shakalaka. We're getting filled with the Holy Ghost. How many understand when I say boom shakalaka? That's just my way of saying getting filled with the Holy Ghost. So just look right here. Acts chapter 2. We'll go to 38 in just a second. Acts chapter 2, verse 13. Some, however, made fun of them and said they had too much wine. How many have been around people who drink too much wine and they babble? They talk in a language you don't understand. See, that's what tongues would sound like to people who don't understand what you're doing. They thought they were drunk. But then here you see Peter says, no, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel hundreds of years prior. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Everybody get that. He's saying this is what the Bible is talking about. We're not drunk. We're drunk in the spirit. We're not drunk off wine. We're drunk on the spirit. Ain't no high like the most high. Amen. Now he gets to preaching. Now look at right here, verse 37. The people ask him, Peter, Man, if what you're saying is true, brothers, what shall we do then? So they asked him, man, what's going on? So Jesus died. Now the Holy Spirit's here. The kingdom of God is coming into men's hearts. You guys are talking in funny languages. We think you're drunk. What do we do, Peter? When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter, brothers, what do we do? Now look at verse 38. Peter replied to them, repent and be baptized. Everybody say baptized in water. You see, he says, Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, forgiveness of sins. Now watch. And next, after these things, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, the promise, the promise of the Father, the thing that Jesus said you would see the kingdom coming in power is for you and your children and for all who are afar off, Chicagoans 2,000 years later needing the boom shakalaka, for all whom our Lord God will call. So as long as people are repenting of their sins, being baptized in water, they are to be being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Can I hear an amen? That's your Bible right there. Now, if you don't think it means that, please talk to one of our life group leaders or one of the disciples, and they'll help answer your questions because I don't know what else you think it could mean. You're going to see power before you taste death, some of you. He then says to them in Acts, this is what the power is going to look like, the Holy Spirit coming. They're there waiting in the upper room. Boom, the power comes, tongues of fire on their head. Bah, 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 bah. They're speaking in other languages. They come out the room all high on the Holy Ghost. Bah, 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 bah. People think they're drunk. Peter starts preaching, tells them, no, this is the high, like this is the most high high. This is what, Je this is what Jesus was talking about. And then they go, man, what should we do? Repent, get born again, be baptized, and get boom shakalaka too. 
you get the Holy Spirit, you jump on in the party. Amen? Now, this is the second thing we need to understand. When we look at the book of Acts, there are four distinct times that the Holy Spirit is poured out upon the disciples. There are four things that happen in these disciples' lives. This is what we call the pattern. Everybody say the pattern. This is not supposed to be, like, really complicated. It's just something I wanted you to see. Acts chapter 2, what happens when the Holy Spirit comes? Bam, they speak in tongues, and then there's wind and fire. You remember reading about that? Wind, violent wind comes into the room from where? From where did the wind come from? From heaven, amen. And then fire like a tongue. You know, like the fire looks like that. It looks like a little tongue, blah, 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 you know, up on top, okay? The next time the disciples are out doing stuff, they're praying in a man named Cornelius' house. He's a, a Roman centurion. They're preaching. All of a sudden, these dudes start speaking in tongues, and then they start praising God, too. So it's like, blah, 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 and then blah, 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 blah. It's not my tongue, but I just respect it, you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to, like, mock it right now. You guys get that? So I'm just giving that as an example. Okay, so it's like boom, 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 boom. We're speaking in tongues, but then they start praising God. So like boom, 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 boom. Jesus, we love you. Boom, 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 boom. There they are. The next time we see is in Acts 19, 6. Paul meets one of uh, a, a few rather uh, followers of John the Baptist, and he says to them, man, have you guys been baptized in Jesus' name yet? Like in, you know, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, have you guys received that baptism or only John's baptism? And they go, oh, we were only hanging out with John. We didn't know Jesus was baptizing at that time. You see, because Jesus took us from the Old Covenant to the New Covenant. John the Baptist was the last Old Covenant and prophet, right? So he said to him, he's like, man, you all need to get baptized again, this time in Jesus' name, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, boom. And he says, and you need to get the Holy Spirit. And what happens to them? They start speaking in tongues, then they start prophesying. They start speaking about the future and speaking about unknown things that only God would see. So they have a radical time right there. Isn't that cool? Okay. There's one other time where it says they got baptized in the Holy Spirit, but there's nothing mentioned. But there is one thing that is said. There was a magician that was watching this in the church service. He got so impressed by what was happening, he wanted to pay that when he laid hands on people, they could also receive the Holy Spirit because he wanted to use it as a magic trick. So I always say this to my Baptist friends. Would Chris Angel want to come to your church to pay what your services look like so he could do it in Las Vegas? Of course not. But if you hang around us and these altar times and the stories I'm about ready to show you in the video I'm going to play with you, you will now know why Chris Angel would pay for this because it is radical, it is mind-blowing, it will freak you out. But it's a good kind of freak you out. Can I get an Amen. You're going to see a video of us casting out demons in India, by the way. It's coming, so get ready. It's going to get really cray up in this place. Now you may have some questions. Somebody may have some questions, some questions. They're like, Pastor, I just heard you just talk really fast. I heard you rap. That was cute. But now I got my questions. What is tongues? What are you guys talking about? Let me answer some of these questions for you. Is the baptism of the Holy Spirit for today? Yes. Acts 2.38. For you, your children, and all those who are far off. Hopefully that will answer the question for those of you asking that. Number two, how do I know if I've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Here's how you'll know. You'll speak in other tongues. That's how they knew. Every single time it came, came with tongues, then these other things, which is cool. I call that church, amen? What people call crazy, I call church. Now, once again, I'm not, I'm not a televangelist. What have I done here that's weird right now? I know it freaks us out, but I'm just talking about, like, in the, in the real sense now. What have I done? If I asked you to give me money, am I trying to, like, make a miracle happen, come out my sleeve? I'm just telling you God does supernatural things. If God is real, then anything is possible. And if this is what he did back then, why would I doubt him now? Has God changed? Same today, yesterday, and forever, the Bible says. It says, for me, my children, all those are far off. I'm glad I can still take a dip in the water. Okay? Let's go to the next question. Some people may say, you know, they've been around church before, and maybe you heard a pastor teach you, well, 
they may say, I believe in that. I believe in spiritual gifts, but it's not for everybody. Well, let me give you uh, five reasons why that's not true. Number one, don't be ignorant. Don't be uninformed. Study and know the truth. 1 Corinthians 12, 1 says the gifts are for each person. The Holy Spirit will distribute them to each person. In Joel, it says the Holy Spirit will come upon sons and daughters. Amen. No classism, racism, genderism, any ageism. It's for everybody at any time. Number two, gifts are given at the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So everybody should be baptized in what? Water. Everybody should be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit will do for you what he's done for others. That's what he does. He's not a person that plays favorites. Number three, and you can see that in uh, Acts 2.1, 2.10, 44 through 48, and 19.1. That's the examples I showed you. Happened every time for them. Happened for the Romans in Cornelius' house. Happened for Paul and those disciples that he met on the side of the road. Happened for people on the streets of Jerusalem during Pentecost. Happened for all of them. I think it can happen for you. Amen? Number four, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 14, 5, the guy who wrote three-fourths of the New Testament, he said, I wish that all of you would speak in tongues. And he even said, I speak in tongues more than, more than most of you guys do. So Paul was speaking in tongues. The guy who wrote the Book of, Mor uh, the Book of Mormon, not that guy. The guy who wrote the book of Revelation, not the book of, what am I talking about? Lord, help me. Slow it down. The man who wrote the book of Romans, Ephesians, Colossians, Galatians, this man, First, Second Timothy, he wrote Thessalonians, all these books in your Bible. He said, I speak in tongues more than all of y'all. So he was boasting a little bit. But he was doing that to tell him not to stop. And then lastly, in 1 Corinthians 14, 39, turn there quickly on the screen, he said, don't ever forbid speaking in tongues. So if you go to a church that says, well, I don't believe in all that stuff, I don't want to do that, they're dumb. Okay? And I, I'm just, I'm being honest with you. If Jesus said, I got power to give you, and you say you don't want the power, what does that make you? Oh, y'all don't get that. Y'all too spiritual to understand stupidity in church? Let's keep it real. Let's just make, let's have it make sense. Let's say I had a winning lottery ticket for the last lottery of $250 million. If I gave it to you and you pushed it back and said I don't want it, what does that make you? Dumb, a fool. If you had cancer and I had, to, I had the cure for cancer, I went to give it to you, you pushed it back and said, I don't want it. What would you say that is? That's dumb. If God says, I have a gift for you, I have power for you, and you say, no, I don't want it. I just want to live off my 401K, have a good life, and retire in Boca, Boca Raton, Florida someday. That's what? Dumb. You're called to live in the power of God. The devil has power, and he's really scary. Why don't you make the devil run from you? You're about ready to see this happen. See, when people go into the horror movies to go watch and get scared of, I say bring to church and you'll watch them run away. Demons are afraid of Jesus. Amen. Everybody's dressing up as scary stuff. I'll show you the scariest thing on this world to the devil is a Christian. I'll come right knocking on your door. Here it is. Boom. Ah! Demons will scream. Demons scream when we come around. Y'all don't believe it? You're going to see the video in India. You're going to love it. It's going to blow your mind. Look at this right here. Look what Paul said. Therefore, my brothers and sisters. Anybody here a brother or sister? Be eager to prophesy, and do not forbid speaking in tongues, but everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. You heard people speak in tongues today. You heard prophecy today. It was done in an orderly way. No one's trying to talk to you in their spiritual language. The Bible says there's languages of men and languages of angels. When I speak languages of angels, I'm speaking a mystery to God. Angels aren't up in heaven going, hey, how you doing, Gabriel? Que paso? They speak their other languages. That's what our languages are coming from. Are you with me? Heavenly languages. And when we did it here, it wasn't, it wasn't crazy. It just fit right in. And prophecy. That's what somebody says. I think God is saying X, Y, and Z. Why? Because they're hearing what heaven is saying. Can I get an amen? Have you all amen and all day today? 
Now, what is the purpose of speaking in tongues? These seven awesome things right here all throughout the Bible, listing the different things that you can do with a reason why God wants you to speak in tongues. Okay, so let's look at why God would want me to speak in tongues. Here's seven reasons. To have power to be a witness. That's what he says in Acts 1.8. To glorify God. Acts 2.11. To be assigned to unbelievers. 1 Corinthians 14.22. To build up yourself spiritually. 1 Corinthians 14.4. To intercede for the lost. Not knowing what to pray, but God will tell you what to pray. Romans 8.26. To pray and sing to God. The Bible says you can even sing in tongues in the spirit. And for spiritual warfare. To fight the devil. Ephesians 6.18. If the Bible is true, these seven things are true. I ask you to try to disprove it. If you have a sassy attitude, I'll, I'll, I'll meet you wherever you want to meet after service, and we'll, and we'll help you understand this. But if you're teachable, just open up your heart and say, if that's in the Bible, people speaking in tongues, tongues of fire and all this stuff, Lord, I want it. Now look at the next thing right here, number five. It says, how do I know for sure that God will baptize me with his spirit? Because he's a good father. In Luke 11, 11 through 13, Jesus talked about this, and he said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit one day. He's given the, the insight to this. The same guy who wrote Acts wrote Luke. His name is Luke. He wrote Luke and Acts. His uh, biography out of a biography about Jesus is called Luke, the Gospel of Luke. The Acts is the Acts of the Apostle. He was a physician, and he traveled around with these guys. He writes in the book of uh, Luke more about the Holy Spirit, really, than any other Gospel writer. John has those three chapters of, of John 14, 15, and 16, but Luke shows that Jesus mentioned it all throughout his life. Why? Because then he ties it into Acts that this is the power, this is the manifestation, this is what Jesus had always been talking about. Well, at this one point, everybody was getting scared, like, man, how are we going to know we get the Holy Spirit because we might get possessed. We might get possessed of a demon. And Jesus gives the example. He says, if your child comes to you and asks you for bread, do you give him a stone? And he says, if you come to Jesus asking for the Holy Spirit to baptize you, you're not going to get something strange and funny. God protects you. Amen? Okay, now, I want to show you some personal encounters I've had with Jesus because I don't want you, everybody look up at me, please. I don't want you to think that I'm just telling you about something but never have experienced. See, I could tell you about astronauts and Mars and all of these things, and that would be cool. And you'd be like, yeah, I believe that. People have planted a flag on the moon. People have uh, sent up road Range Rovers, not Range Rovers, but, you know, those little rovers. What do they call those things? Rovers? Rovers. Moon rovers and Mars rovers. You would say, yeah, I believe that, but I haven't been there, right? We would all say we believe, and thank you, Joe, for teaching me, but nobody's been there, none of us here at least, right? But now I want to show you. I've experienced the power of God. I took last night four hours, four hours to journal on this blog that I now have online. 39 experiences I've had with the power of God in serving the Lord 20 years. Doesn't happen every day. Miracles don't happen every day in my life. But over 20 years of serving God, I've had 39, and many more I could have talked about, but some of them were very personal, so I didn't mention those. Homeless drunk man, demons getting cast out, a mother, uh, and, and her, a, teenage, a teenager came with his mother on a Sunday service, demons get cast out. You've got to remember, I used to work in New Orleans. Tent meetings in Atlanta, demons getting cast out there, a psychic from the French Quarter. You would love that if you've ever been in the French Quarter and you've seen the tarot card readers there. That was quite a thing that happened. Homeless men in the French Quarter, all these stories. Look at this. Man sitting in the back of a church, young girl at Elevate. One time at an Elevate service, we cast out demons of a girl. She tried to attack me and kill me. We prayed for her. She was set free, and she was marvelously blessed less. Uh, we talk about, I had two trips to India. You're going to see a third trip to India here. 
I talk about um, the dreams and visions that God has given me. Most of the time, you never hear me mention these in Sunday services. You'll hear about the, the messages of wisdom. You'll hear about all these things. I have all the, and, and most of the stories right here, I have witnesses to. I have witnesses that you can talk to and see them there. Talking about somebody seeing an angel, gifts of healing, people getting healed. Oh, one of the best healing is right here, five babies. You've got to read this story about five women. Three of them had, had been having miscarriages. Two could not get pregnant. In one service, we prayed for them all. They're still in the church right now. They all had healthy babies and conceived within the same three months. Three months, five of them, they're still in the church. It's amazing. I'll keep you here all day. Healed ears, miraculous powers, prophecy. I mean, I could just keep you here all day talking about all these things. I mean, I literally put two different times when I've spoken in tongues, somebody from India has understood me. I not only have the story here, I have the witness. And because this is such a phenomenal thing, Glenn Badonsky wrote another article for me because he was there. He heard me speak in tongues. He saw the man from India go, man, I actually understand what he's saying because I ended up speaking in his language. And then I talk about this guy who did a study, Dr. Gray Keener, on miracles where he estimates there's about 200 million people on our planet right now who have seen miracles in their lives. I'm just one of 200 million. Are you with me? Okay, how many want to see the demon cast out? Now let me just set this story up. Can you show off the lights, please? Let's make it really scary now. Okay. You better get ready to meet Jesus. If not, this will happen to you. Okay, so you're going to see, and I, and I just point this out because I want everybody to understand this. You're going to see I am wearing, and I was not kidding, I'm still in 1995. I'm wearing exactly what I'm wearing right now. I'm wearing a T-shirt, uh, a button-up shirt, and jeans. Tennis shoes, whatever. That's exactly how I've always dressed for the most part, right? I'm not a televangelist. I'm not spooky. I'm not weird. Just how we're ending this service today is how I ended this service in India. At that moment, a man started screaming, just like in the Bible, how people with demons began to scream. He wasn't trying to get money. He wasn't being phony. He began to scream. And then I said, bring the man here so we can pray for him. Interrupted the whole service, made everybody freak out. Even in India, made them freak out. And you'll see what happens from here. You all ready? Okay, let's see this.
turn it down. Just leave it plain, but turn it down. So what happened was I wanted the man to tell me why the demons were there. The translation was taking so long, and he was acting so violent as they were holding him, and I got closer to him. Keep it playing, please. And as I, was hold, as I was coming closer to him, he was acting so violent, I just said, let's get him free right now. Keep it playing, though. Right now he's free. He's weeping now, and in the next few moments he's going to fall to his feet and try to worship me because in his culture this is the power that they think only gods have, and they think men can be gods like gurus. You'll see him fall to his feet in just a few moments because now he's telling that God has set him free. He came from the back screaming violently, being oppressed by the devil, and with us praying for him. Now he is set free. He's in his right mind. The people are looking at him. His eyes are clear, and now he's praising God, and then now you'll see him go to his feet, and he tries to worship me, and I literally have to pull him back up. Look, he goes to his feet to worship me, start kissing my feet. But he had just got set free. Let's give it up for Jesus. This is Jesus. I have seen this happen many times. It could happen here right now. It could happen with your neighbor. It could happen with you. Do you have a demon inside of you? Come out in Jesus' name. Let's get it out. Some of you have already seen that happen in this church. Once again, nothing provoked this. I didn't ask for this. I wasn't walking around going, do you have a demon? Do you have a demon? He was screaming in the middle of service, screaming. And that's when they brought him up. That was it. And now I'm just preaching the gospel too. I'm making sure that he's okay. Please exit out of this. Now, I want you to think about the world because the Bible says we need power for the world. I want you to watch Reinhard Bonnke. Shut off the lights for me, please. He's an evangelist that goes to Africa to reach the unreached people groups of Africa. Remember that we saw in the 1040 window all of those African nations? Well, now in Nigeria, God is doing a wonderful work. And I want you to notice that there's a million people here coming to hear the gospel preached and signs and wonders. And I want you to notice that they're speaking in tongues, praying in the power of God over this congregation here. Now close your eyes, Imagine this happening in Chicago at Soldier Stadium. And now lift your hands, please. And now shout your hallelujah. Now I want you just I want you to see this. It's hard to see. It looks literally just like fields. Like the Bible says, the harvest is ripe, the fields are ready. Ban, would you come please? You can go to his website, I link him on my blog, and you'll see the clear HD videos. This is actually on my YouTube channel because I use this this snippet as an example here. Why are they speaking in tongues? Because they're goofy people? Because they just want to be goofy and uh, superstitious? No, they're operating in the power of God. Why do I speak in tongues? Because I want to operate in the power of God. What is the first reason that we are to have this power? To be his what? His witnesses. Now, the other things that I showed you, seven things that God gives to us who are filled in the Holy Spirit, those are all for our benefit, yes. But you have to first set it up in your heart that, God, I want your power 
so that I can bring good news, the gospel to the hurting world. When I share in my uh, journal here about people being healed, it's not so that I can get the glory. It's that I'm praying in the power of God for people to be healed. Now, have I seen everybody healed? No, I think I only have four or five healing testimonies here. Why? Because I'm not superstitious. I don't think like, oh, I had a tummy ache, Pastor. You prayed for me. Now it went away. No, I have a real issue here. This woman with her stomach had been in severe pain for days. She came to the church, and I just felt something. I said, hey, somebody in here with a severe pain in their stomach, come here, and we'll pray for God to heal you. We prayed, and it instantly went away. When we're talking about some of these other miracles and the gift of faith, Within 24 hours, I had a key to a church building when I had no money to start this church. You could say, well, that's just a coincidence. But how was it the day that I came was the day that that pastor was there. Then when I gave them my proposition, they liked it. Then they said the board meeting was that night. So within 24 hours, before I even had more than a dozen people, I was meeting in a home, our first church, I had the keys and I didn't even have any money. You see, yes, it impacts our lives and finances. It impacts our lives with seeing angels. It impacts our lives with knowing what's going on in people's life. This story here about the police officer who told me he was a janitor. God began to tell me about his life. You can read about this. But see, the question isn't, are we all going to just read about what Pastor Joe did? The thing is, are you going to look to the Word of God and believe it? Because God has power for you. God wants to use you. Here it is in conclusion. To live without the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the power of that it brings is like trying to fly a kite without wind. Has anybody ever tried to fly a kite without wind? You know how hard that is. What do you do? You just keep running. Keep running. Come on. It's going to happen, kids. It's going to happen. But these last couple of days, I brought. I didn't bring out my kite these days, but I did last year around this time. I would just lift up the kite. And it would go right up, and I would just be holding on to it with everything I have because I have these professional stunt kites. <laughs> Goes right up hundreds of feet. I'm making them do flips. Wow. Wind makes all the difference. The wind of the Holy Spirit changes everything. So be filled with this power today and be moved in supernatural ways. So if you're here today, I want to talk to you. Two types of people. Number one. Two types of people who have not been filled with the Holy Spirit. Number one, if you're here today and you have a theological reason not to believe it, you've been to another church, you've studied the Bible differently, I want to ask you to go back over these scriptures and then let us pray for you today and trust that God would not give you anything bad, even if I was wrong, right? Even if I was wrong, God wouldn't let something bad happen to you for me praying. But I really want you to look at those scriptures. If you have a theological issue. Most of you, you probably don't. Most of you are like, Pastor, I, honestly, I've never even heard about this. If you've ever visited a church before, you're like, I was wondering why you guys were doing that. Kind of wondered. I sound a little crazy. I don't know if you guys just spoke a different language here, why you all did that. Okay, so if that's you and you didn't really understand why, my thing is this. It's the Bible. The same pastor that's ta taught you all these other things, taught you about you know, the kingdom of God, the signs of the end times, being born again, baptism in water. We just baptized almost 30 people in water a couple weeks ago. I'm, I'm telling you the truth. I've been walking with the Holy Spirit, filled with His power for 20 years. doesn't mean I'm a better person. doesn't mean I don't sin. doesn't mean that I, I have superpowers like, like Iron Man stuff shooting out my wrist or Spider-Man, whatever. No, it just means like God can now use me to do supernatural things. 
I want to challenge everybody here today in those one or two categories if you're not filled to get filled. And here's how we'll do it, because I don't want it even to be spooky, and I'm going to take away anything from your mind that makes you think I'm trying to conjure up something. So, gentlemen, please come and move this for me, please. I'm going to dismiss in just a few seconds. Thank you, you listen. Let's give it up for this sharp man of God here today. You never know what you're going to find in Metro Praise. A young man out dressing the pastor. You never know what you're going to find. I love that. Watch. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to ask my altar workers to come stand right in front of me, please. Altar workers, come. These are trusted people in the church. These are people that I have known who have walked with the Lord and have been faithful. Not always perfect, but have been faithful. And they are tested and approved through our discipleship program, which takes about two years. Okay, that's who they are. Some of them are even pastors. Like these two young ladies and my wife have all been to Bible college. You know, like Moody Bible College, they've all been to Bible college, have a bachelor's degree. Jared is now going to be a professor. He's an intern professor for the Bible college. And next, year, uh, next semester, they're going to hire him. Amen? Another Bible college graduate. So I'm just showing you, these are just people you can trust. No, no, they're not going to hurt you. They're not going to make you do nothing. If you have a theological issue, come talk to them. If you just have doubts, come talk to them. But listen, no matter what, this is how we're going to dismiss and you decide. Band, find a song that's heavy on the Holy Spirit and encountering God. Something that encourages us to worship and let go and let God. Would you guys do that for me, please? I know you may not have planned it, but would you find a song? Thank you. This is what we're going to do. So simple. You all having a good time? While you're seated, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to pray a prayer of dismissal. After I say amen, you are dismissed. Have a great day. Come to the life groups this week. Have a wonderful week. No condo bondo is what we say. No condemnation or bondage. No one's going to look down on you. No one's going to shake you and say, get you the Holy Ghost. Come on, get it, get it, get it. No one's doing that to you today. If you've ever been to church like that, we're not doing that. So we're going to dismiss those who think we're crazy. You're probably right, but let me tell you something. I'm not as crazy as Lady Gaga and all these other people going to hell without the power of the Holy Spirit. I'd rather be crazy for Jesus. I'm a fool, yeah, but I'm a fool for Christ. Who's fool are you? I'll let you all figure that out. Those of you who have questions, meet, meet us in the back. We'll be in the back. I'm not trying to say everybody who leaves doesn't want it. I'm just saying if you think I'm a fool, that's okay. Everybody's a fool for somebody. I'm a fool for the Bible. If you have questions, just hang around the side. Steve, raise your hand. Julian, raise your hand. Pastor Ellie, raise your hand. Some of my workers right here will be there to answer questions. It's if you want to just talk quietly. Just be like, hey, man, I just want to ask. No one's going to think bad of you, okay? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray, dismiss, boom, you can go. That's it. You're done. Great day, right? Go back and watch the video again. Show it to your friends. Watch my pastor casting out a demon. Isn't this cool? Watch this. But now watch. If you guys, anybody here, wants to be filled, just come up on your own. Each one of these brothers and sisters know how to pray. They're going to do just like what the disciples did. They're going to lay their hands on you and say, Holy Spirit, fill them. Just keep it down just for a second before we get all hype and excited. And here's all you have to do. I was filled with the Holy Spirit when I was eight years old. I was fortunate enough to be brought up in a Christian church. This is what my parents did. I was taught this from an early age. But then sadly, by the time I was 11 years old, I turned to bad things. From 11 to 18, I did drugs, high school dropout, incarcerated eight times. And so let me just say it like this. I saw good and I saw evil. And at 18, I came back to good. So I just want to tell you here today. You can trust us when we're telling you this is good. This is good, okay? But anyways, here's what we're going to do. You're going to come, 
And just like I did when I was eight years old at the Calvary Temple Christian Camp in Fort Wayne, Indiana, you're going to come up and you're going to say to the one of the prayer workers, I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to be baptized in the Spirit just like I was in water, however you're going to say it. And then they're going to say, can I pray for you? Sure. They're going to ask you to close your eyes. It's not spooky. It's just so you don't get distracted by somebody next to you. They may be crying. They may be laughing. It's different for everybody. But just close your eyes. Maybe raise your hands like an antenna. Say, here I am, God. Find me. Here I am. But that's not the most important part. The most important part is, as they say, be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's just, just like we say, be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They're going to say, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And then we want you to quietly listen to your spirit. In your spirit, if you hear a language, a sound that you have not learned, speak it out and begin to consider that your prayer language. If you start to cry or you start to shake, as you notice, I am not manipulating anybody here, but people will start to cry and shake on their own. It's like touching electricity. It's like somebody touches that live current. Woo! You, you know, another one's like, ah, you know, ah, you know, people react differently when the power of God comes. Some people just stand and go, yeah, I like it. I can take it. I can take it, Jesus. Sometimes people fall down. Why do people fall down in churches like this? Because they can't stand up anymore. Why do people cry? Because God is healing their heart. Why do people laugh? Because God is giving them joy, right? You're going to come forward. We're going to pray for you. You're going to listen to see if you hear that sound. If you do, just speak it out. And then be obedient to study these scriptures and to start to apply the tongues to your life. Use it in worship. Use it in your time of prayer for the lost. Use it when you're praying for others as a way of directing the power of God. And that's what you can do. Amen. 20 years now, coming back to God, filled with the Holy Spirit. I wouldn't change it for a day. If some of you are looking for a good church that doesn't do this, go to Armitage Baptist. I love them, and I'm not speaking against them. They're a great Baptist church, and they don't do this. So don't use the excuse today to say, well, these Christians are all like this. No, if you don't believe this, just go to a good Armitage Baptist church. He'll love you there. I believe his name is Pastor Lyons. He will love you. You want the boom shakalaka, you meet me up at this altar. You understand what I'm saying? You know other good churches, and since I'm talking about churches, other good churches, Chicago Tab believes in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 80% of Christians that are not Catholic believe in this in the world. Chicago Tab, New Life Covenant, Evangel Church, Living Word, Life Changers, Joyce Myers. You guys listening to me, filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. No tricks up my sleeve. No manipulation. But, Lord, I ask for your power to come like it has so many times before. I have been faithful to preach your word. I pray whatever I said that was wrong, any misinformation you would correct. But, Lord, whatever is true would now stand. That every person that has heard my words that are of your words, that now they would be convicted and drawn to receive your power. Maybe some of them need it personally to be set free from sins. Personally to be set free, just as that man was or others need it today to be witnesses on their job and with their friends and family. Either way, I pray the Holy Spirit comes into their lives. In Jesus' name, can everybody say amen? Amen. Would you stand to your feet? Give them one more hand clap of praise. Amen. We love you. God bless you. You are dismissed. If you want to pray, come on up. Band, let's seek the Lord. Have a great week, those who have to go. But if you would like to come and receive power, Come right now. Don't be embarrassed.